Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Enzo Militia Season 2, Episode 20, Game Day Panel. I'm your host, Isaiah Marco, with my co-host, Phil Snow, the Stats Guy. I am the Snowman, and just remember that stats are cool. Indeed they are. I'm also here with Mr. Exclusive himself, Riley Weaver. I'm also here with Captain Cademan. Do not apologize. And also our special <laughs> guest, my mom, Shelby Gherkin. Let's hey. go! <laughs> What's up, Melissa? I mean, it's only been this long, and, and, and you finally convinced them to let you on, huh? I think I had to coax a good ten weeks for this. <laughs> how, how did you bribe them? That's what I want to know. I how did you bribe them? Look, a simple it. meal will go a long way. I'm going to say it was not food. Sunny Believe D's. it or not, not Sunny food. Sunny D's. Sunny D's. Yes, sunny D's. We don't talk. We, don't talk. we do D's. talk about those. Sunny <laughs> D's. We do talk about Sunny D's. <laughs> Could be Sunny D's and chicken wings. Capri Suns, maybe. You yeah. Like Capri Suns. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. So, Phil, uh, we got some interesting games, some big league implications, some big playoffs. Playoffs? Uh, uh, implications going to this. So, uh, I'm going to let you go. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, playoff implications, league implications. I think we have five uh, league games right now this week on slate that are proven to be uh, either a share for or a uh, full-on championship and uh, you know when you talk about week 10 that's exactly what you want out of a week 10 uh, we have some other really really good matchups that are going to be definitely uh, uh, huge playoff implications huge playoff implications and uh, you know some of these teams are really fighting for their playoff lives whether it's 16 seeds or uh, you know, whether it's a team that's trying to move up from an 11 or a 10 to try to get that 7-8 seed or 7-6 uh, seed, you know, you want to play two home games if you can to get in the top four there. Uh, uh, obviously, on only a select few teams are going to be able to do that. Uh, some of these regions are still pretty wide open as far as uh, 9, 10, and, and, and beyond. Um, you know, a lot of teams are playing for if you're win and in. We have a couple on our sheet of teams that we cover. Paulding Ayers, or Wayne Trace, excuse me. Uh, the winner is in on that game. Uh, you also look at, um, we don't cover this team, but Atsigo and Maumee, uh, you know, the winner of that probably likely going to secure their spot in a playoff spot. So, you know, a lot, a lot of fun games to look forward to this week. But um, as we do every time, uh, you know, we have a special guest. First of all, thank you, Shelby, for taking some time to join us. And, uh, you know, we appreciate having new people in here. Like I tell everybody, uh, you know, it's fun to get people in here to see what goes on in this room and just how special it really is to be in here. But, uh, you know, we want to get your point of view on what you've seen over over 10 weeks of football. Obviously, uh, you take pictures for Liberty Press, so lots of lots of action. You, you've seen a lot of football. Yep. Uh, just talk about maybe some of the things you've seen, maybe some surprises, anything you want to touch on. Um, got a couple of things I want to talk about. Um, first of all, thanks for having me in. I'm loving this. Mm -hmm. I love mm -hmm. this from the beginning, even last year. Um, it's grown immensely. I can't say how proud I am of all you guys um, for sticking together. Thank you. Making Thanks. this a positive and family-friendly <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that our high school athletes can participate with you guys because a lot of times that's not an option. Um, the one thing I want to talk about, first of all, is my, my heart and soul, my Liberty Center Tigers. Um, it is an absolute privilege to be on the sidelines on Friday nights and see what I get to see, hear what I get to hear. Um, these boys don't play for themselves. They're very unselfish. They're there for their teammates, which is awesome to see. 
Um, and a lot of people don't know that after the games, when they get in their little circle out in the middle with Coach Moeller, one of the first things Coach Moeller tells those boys, go thank your community. And I think that is righteous. I love that. You know, these boys appreciate those stands being filled, appreciate the community, appreciate their fans. And I'll tell you right now, our fan base is not just Liberty Center people. We're drawing in crowds from the surrounding area, which is amazing. I love that for a small town to, you know, the crowds we pack in are just amazing. Um, just a couple of things I want to hit on, um, give some shout-outs. First one, I want to give a shout-out to Montpelier football. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Three yeah. and seven a year ago. Right now they're sitting at six and three. Granted, they only have Hilltop this week, which is one and eight. Um Hoping they can sneak into the playoffs. It'd be nice to see. Mm -hmm. You know, they got out of that NWAL schedule that beat them up year after year, and I think they feel – I feel like they got in where they belong. Um, the other thing I'm going to give a shout-out, and this is another one of my it, – it comes from Liberty Center Roots. Um, a lot of people in Liberty Center, if you've been here many years, you remember the name Dave Teakin. Dave Teakin was an assistant coach here, I believe, in the early, mid, late 70s. Coached with Rex Lingren as an assistant as well when Ron Rollins was here. Um, and Dave's boy, Todd, who I went to elementary school with, my brother went to elementary school with, is now the head coach at the White at Whiteford up in Michigan. He's This is his second season there, and last year went 14-0 and won the Division Eight state title up there, and this year is 8-0 on the season. And Todd's just a phenomenal, phenomenal football mind. Gets it, gets it on us from his dad. He his, Todd coached at Evergreen from 2005 to 2010, and I believe that entire duration his dad was an assistant coach with him. And unfortunately, we lost Dave about a year ago, almost to the day. And um, – that weighs heavy on Todd, and he really plays with a lot of – or coaches, I mean, with a lot of heart and soul because of his dad. And um, I got a little sound bite from him that I'm going to let these guys play. Um, Asked Todd to just kind of reach out to us a little bit, and he listens to y'all. <laughs> Don't know if you know that. Shout but out. Love that. He, he – you know, he's outside your coverage area in Michigan, which is fine, but um, he listens to you guys and really appreciates what you do for – High school sports. So, Phil? If it'll play. Isaiah, just send it, send it to me real quick, Isaiah. I, I can just know. play it right now. You want me to? No, just send it to me real quick. I don't know what all right, happened. All right. I just had it up here. So, But, uh, yeah, that, uh, first of all, while we're talking about that, I just want to give a big shout-out back because that's awesome that he listens to us and – uh, and we really appreciate the uh, everybody that listens to us and takes time to mention it. So, Over here, I want to thank Enzo Militia for recognizing our team this year. I certainly love what you guys do and all you do to promote high school sports. At Whiteford this year, we've had an excellent season so far. We started the year with five new offensive linemen and a freshman quarterback who have all just gotten better and better each week. We're so excited to close out our season this week and get to what we call our third season. We had some very tough games against four veteran teams in our first four weeks, and we found a way to win each week. Our veteran defense has been excellent all year, and our starting defense is giving up just over seven points a week 
and we're setting the tone for us each night. We'll hopefully finish the season 9-0 and rank number one in the state. However, our kids are locked in and know that the ranking means nothing. Once we move to the playoffs, we'll continue improving each week and approach each week as a one-week season without looking ahead. Our playoff run will certainly be much tougher this year as we have three outstanding Division Seven teams who have all won state championships in the last four years who have now moved down in Division Eight. Our goal is to be the best we can be each week and make as deep of a playoff run as possible. Thank you. And that was head coach of Whiteford of Todd Teakin. Uh, shout out to you, bud. Thank you for uh, listening to us. And, uh, yeah. It's pretty awesome. It's awesome. Love, we appreciate it a lot. I mean, this, like I said, the recognition. Uh, you know, I went to Archibald PH, and I probably had three or four different people that said something to me about, hey, you know, we, re- we really liked your show. Uh, you know, I he asked me not to mention his name, but, you know, I had somebody that texted me or messaged me on Facebook and reached out to me and said, hey, you know, we – you know, we I listen to your show after you guys record every every day. You guys record. I, I wait for it. I'm ready to listen to it in the morning after every time. Um, you know, also offered me a couple of interesting things that we'll talk about uh, as we go on our game slate here. But mm-hmm. um, we we do it for the kids, and I think Shelby, you make a great point. You know, not a lot of kids get the opportunity to to let their voice be heard, and uh, you know that's one of the reason why we why we thought that was a great idea. You know, we kind of implemented it last year mm-hmm. and just kind of did it for fun. Uh, but right. we realize how special it really is. And, you know, I, I always have to joke with a, a little bit with Isaiah and talk about how nervous these kids get when, yeah. we, <laughs> when we go up. You know, they want it like a half script uh, about what we're going to ask. And I just think that's this is so it's just so special. So uh, we appreciate all the all the shout outs and everything. And, you know, Shelby, thank you for the kind words as well. We appreciate that. So. Yep. All right. So let's get into the games. First, the GMC. The Antwerp Archers, 8-1, and 5-1, and one, hosting the Edgerton Bulldogs, 2-7, and 1-5. This is game. This game is going to be a slaughter. Uh, it's not going to be very fun yeah. to watch or listen to. So I'm going to give it to the GMC Whisper. What do you got, buddy? Okay, so as you know, we saw Antwerp play Ayersville mm-hmm. about a couple weeks ago. Now I watched Edgerton film for the Tenora game, and this game's just basically going to be Edgerton's got some nice sized kids. Mm-hmm. They are very big, but Antwerp's just going to be able to line up and out athlete them. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, just yes. Antwerp's playmakers are going to be too much. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna go Antwerp 42 to eight. All right, Phil. Uh, yeah, I pretty much mock everything that Cade said. I, I just <laughs> think that Antwerp has too much athleticism. I do think one of the big things here in this game is for Antwerp. I think they're gonna want to get a lead. They're gonna want to get ahead, and they're gonna want to get Carson Ultimus out of that football game, mm-hmm. keep him healthy. I wouldn't be surprised to say Landon Brewer would have the same kind of treatment if they can get them guys out of the game, get keep them healthy. I think that's what this is all about: health. Keep the guys healthy that mm-hmm. you need health. Um, Edgerton does have some big kids. Uh, I like Maddox Baker. I think he's a pretty nice quarterback for them, but uh, too much Antwerp 45-7 is what I put down. All right, Mr. Game Day? I put down 42-13 to 13 Antwerp. Ooh, okay. Mama? I've got – actually, I picked Antwerp. Okay. 42-7. to seven. Mm-hmm. So, I we'll – see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I, just, I do want to throw out there that – I did a little research on the weather, and we're looking like a lot of rain tomorrow night. Ooh. I did see rain up until about kickoff. Up until about kickoff is what yeah. I saw. But it'll yep. change. It'll mm. change in the next six no hours. No wonder my that. mom bought like 80 ponchos. <laughs> 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 Literally, she bought them from Amazon. There was like 
30 boxes showing up to her house. She's like, what'd you do? I, I must have pushed the bulk button. I don't know. <laughs> but it's, it's going to rain Friday. Get some ponchos in a tent outside. Hey, Dude, they have stepped up the lawn. Write the, that down. The chair game, right, Someone too. write that down. That sounds like a great idea. They have idea. stepped up the chair game. They actually have, like, a chair inside the tent yeah, thing. They do. Like, it's pretty, inten- mm-hmm. it's pretty intense. <gasps> like camping. My mom has one. Um, but, hey, you know what? I do want to mention, though, Not for you, guys. I, I think uh, – <laughs> I think uh, we'd be remiss to say uh, to not mention something about uh, the job that Coach Hale has done over yes, there. Yes, absolutely. Um, yep. You know, started oh, I think Owen Ten his yep. first season, Owen and he, he talks sure. about how that kind of defines uh, how they wanted to turn the page and not not be that team. And I think they've taken such massive steps in that in that sense. I think uh, the year you know, before before he took over, did they not have a football team? They did not. That? They did not. The so, year before. So uh, you know, give a, give a lot of credit to Coach Hale, who's obviously, like I said, he has those kids behind him a thousand percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, love the things that he's doing over there. Uh, you know, I think everybody that we've had on or that has mentioned anything about coming to the Gibsonburg game last year has mm-hmm. just mentioned about how much fun they have. Uh, and about the staff. So uh, a lot of credit to Antwerp, obviously building more than a one-season type thing here, mm-hmm. uh, trying to build a program, and, you know, things are obviously going well for them. You know, ran into a, a buzzsaw a little bit last year, Lima Central Catholic, a pretty good football team, uh, you know, and you could see Lima Central Catholic play uh, – a team see here, Ayersville, um, in yes. round one this year. Mm-hmm. That's a potential uh, possibility. So that could be an interesting ball game mm-hmm. uh, looking ahead as well. So, uh, for me, uh, give me the Antwerp Archers. Obviously, uh, give me a 45-14 win for the Archers. Next game, the Ayersville Pilots, seven and two, five and one, hosting the Fairview Apaches, two and seven, two and four. Uh, Phil, what do you got for me, friend, on this one? Uh, I have Ayersville 38-17, but I do say this: um, Ayersville needs to play a clean football game. If you mm-hmm. give um, opportunities uh, for this for this Fairview team, they might capitalize on it with some big plays. You just never know uh, in a type of trap game like this. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm thinking Ayersville's going to win. I, I put 38-17, but uh, definitely want to make sure that you can keep everybody else healthy. And, uh, you know, keep your mindset straightforward about what needs to be done. Obviously, a lot of work still to do. Um, you know, obviously, our thoughts and our, our thoughts and wishes are out with uh, Torin and, and uh, dealing with his recovery. And uh, But but their season is not done. Uh, their season can't be lost because of that. They still have a lot of play for. So, I think Ayersville is going to come in at home here and win this game 38-17. All right. Cade? Ayersville is still a really, really good football team, Phil. That's mm-hmm. a good point. I pray for Torin and his family, too. Has just – when you're a Division Seven school, now you're down two positions. So mm-hmm. Abe Delano will probably get a lot more carries in the backfield. And just got to see the next man up mentality. It's kind of got what it's got to be in that linebacker spot. But I think Fairview's going to be able to get some points in this game. Mm-hmm. I think Ayersville's going to win 32-21. Ooh, okay. Shelby? Um, actually, I went with Ayersville, but a lot closer score because I do know what it's like to – I want uh, you and I talked to Isaiah mm-hmm. – Last week, um, Ayersville kind of had a mental breakdown after losing their running back. And, you know, I'm same with you guys, praying that this kid heals up. Find your beef. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Find your beef. (laughs) (laughs) All righty then. All right. So, anyways. My my bad. Sorry about that. Anyways. Wait, that was um, our ad from Burger King, right? (laughs) All right. So. Okay. Sorry. The the word was not beef anyway. Sorry about that. All right, so um, I went with Ayersville a lot closer score. Again, figured in the weather a little bit. Um, and like you just said, Abe Delano, next man up. You know, what's he made of? Let's see what he's got. And I remember times, 
I'm going to go back Liberty Center history here. Back when Kirk Chambers was quarterback and got knocked out of the game, broke his shoulder, I believe. Hicksville, right? And, you said Hicksville, and Hicksville, right? And Hicksville, oh. at Hicksville. And Todd Purdue stepped in and led Liberty, I believe, to the playoffs that year. So you don't know what's going to happen. And maybe this is Abe Delano's moment of glory and he's going to step in. Well, I think you're going to see um, Lucas Fishpaw get a little bit more involved mm-hmm. in the running game as well. He he had mm-hmm. a little uh, – he's more of a goal line runner, I think, for the yeah. most part. But I think right. now they're going to start to open that up a little bit. Yeah. 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 But, it, it you know, they've got – luckily, Arizona's got some depth. Yeah. So, you know, they're not washed up. They're good to go. Um, but I, I picked them a little bit closer because Fairview's kind of gritty. 21-14. Ooh. My question would just be, uh, Torin was a big part of that defense, too, so now you yes. kind of just got to fill a middle linebacker spot. Do you have a kid that's ready? Because they're deaf. They kind of are a younger team in the back end of it. Yeah, I believe so. the McConnell kid might be getting some more reps. Garrett more. McConnell, the freshman. More, more linebacker. Yeah, more linebacker. More linebacker. Gotcha. Yeah. Mr. Game Day. Uh, I believe Ayersville's been on a roll. Mm-hmm. Like, in, like, past years, I, I believe that they haven't been doing well. They've been, li- like, around average 500, somewhere around But I, I believe uh, this year is their year to shine. So, Ayersville, 35 to 14. Okay. Uh, for me, give me a 42-22 win for the Pilots. Our next game, the Hicksville Aces, 1-8, 0-6 at the Tenora Rams, or known as the Rambos, 6-3, 5-1. Uh, Cade. You got your Tenora Green Meadows Conference Championship shirt on. So what do you guys say? I'm about to buy another one. <laughs> <laughs> Does it say uh, a share with the three with three with two other teams? You know, I was kind of wondering that when we had Shane in here and he's talking about Jason Hale's GMC Championship hat. Yeah, I'm like, are they going to share that with three, two other teams too? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't know about that one, Cade. Yep, but not really much about this game. I think this game will pretty much be over by halftime. Mm-hmm. I think Coach Becker is going to do a good job against some of the younger kids in. So, I'm going to put a score of 41 nothing. All right, Cade. I mean, Phil? Yeah, I think uh, Tenora too much here. Uh, Coach Becker, unbelievable job this mm-hmm. season uh, with, 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 whatever, with everything they had to endure um, off the field. You know, their out-of-conference schedule, just all the things that they had to go had to go through uh, – Give a lot of credit to them. I'm gonna end, gonna finish the year seven and three, and I too have a sound bite to play. If it will oh work boy. this time, let's hope it works this time. What's the snowman got on the soundboard? Let's, let's hope it works this time. How's Yanni? I wish. <laughs> See, it's doing this nonsense again <laughs> where it doesn't, where it didn't work. Mug. I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know why it won't work. It's the only one I have up. I want it work. Do do do. Oh, there we go. Now I got it back on. Uh, got I, got some, I got some internet. I got some internet issues. What I got. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> I, I wanted to play the soundbite from for Greg. I had it pulled up here, but my internet ran out. But uh, yeah, we, again, we called it. You know, he called it uh, earlier in the years. You know, said Tenora was gonna uh, not not lose another game and find a way to win the GMC championship. And you know, here we are with them not losing another game and on the verge of winning a GMC championship. So. Uh, pretty crazy. I yeah, I got it up here to see if I can find it for you. Hey, that's me. That's Isaiah. Years where it's it's a, a single score game, um, but you know, uh, so yeah. Anyway, um, so that that's kind of what I wanted to play. But regardless, uh, Tenora, I had Tenora winning forty nine seven on this one. All right, Shelby. Um, I took Tenora twenty seven zip on this one. Um, just too much. And I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say that Tenora gave Liberty the best game of the year. 
All right. Without it, I was the first. Let's time. not do it again, though. Let's I, I not do, do it again. I do like Tenora, <laughs> and I, I do said, like Tenora's. Let's Tenora's... not do it again. Let's <laughs> not do it again. I do like Tenora's chances in the postseason as well. Right. Well, that'll be awesome to see Tenora into the far into the playoffs. Speaking speaking of Tenora's playoffs, team. playoffs aspirations. Playoffs. They're, they're, playoffs. They're likely uh, projected to Ow. play number the ten seed Ashland Crestview. And remember a team in Crestview last year that defeated Patrick Henry yep. mm-hmm. uh, in the playoffs mm-hmm. to knock them out. So uh, <clears throat> looking to get the ten seed Ashland Crestview Tenora, and then Columbia Station Columbia at the top would probably play the two seed Lakota. Uh, could obviously play a different that could obviously play out differently as well, but uh, which could potentially put Tenora on the road at Columbia, Columbia Station. So it uh, could be an interesting round two matchup for Tenora, but I too agree. Uh, I think uh, Tenora is built mm-hmm. for uh, October and November football, so uh, they could they could be a tough out. All right. Mm-hmm. Mr. Game Day? I'm going to pick the Rambos, 35-6. Mm-hmm. 35-6. Uh, for me, uh, 42 Zilcho Rambos. All right, we get to our last game. This is a big game for both teams. Winner goes to the playoffs, loser goes home. The Paulding oh. Panthers, 5-4, and 3-3 three and three at the Raiders. That's going to be a good game. 4-5, and 3-3. Three and three. This is going to be a very interesting game. So, Phil, I know you – I think you got this. No statistics on this one. Okay. No, well, this is – I don't Break think, it down. <clears throat> I honestly don't think I, – I think for week 10 in games like these, you can pretty much throw stats out the window. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rain, this I don't think that plays a factor in this game. I think this game is going to be whoever wins in the trenches mm-hmm. and whoever uh, turns the ball over the least. Now, Paulding has had some football games where they've been bugged by the turnovers. Wayne Trace has also had some games where they've been bugged by the turnovers. However, Wayne Trace has just played everyone so tough and so physical all year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have been in virtually every game they've played so far. Uh, they've had a lot of close losses, which I think prepares them for this type of game. Mm-hmm. They are on – or excuse me, they're at home as well, which I think might give them a little bit of the edge there. Probably play a little bit better at home. Um, this is a really tough game to pick, guys. I, I think Paulding could go in and win this game, and I think Wayne Trace could, could win this game at home too. Uh, I I'm gonna pick Wayne Trace at home, 24-21, in a, in, in a close game. It's gonna be physical, but I'm gonna be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if Paulding wins this game either. All right, Cade. Physical is a really good word to use for this violent. game. Very violent, very violent. Two schools that don't like each other at all. Just speed up a mob pillar. You know, Paulding's been a surprise team this year too, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Like even if they're going five and five, like that's still a great season compared to what they've had <laughs> the last two years. Give credit to a lot of Paulding. I'm going to pick Wayne Trace in this one, but I think my heart's really, really on Paulding. All right. 28-21, Wayne right. Trace. Shelby? Um, I went in a really close close game here. I went with the Wayne Trace Raiders, and I'll tell you why. I feel like they showed that fire the way they battled back last week. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like they're more battle-tested, if you could say that. And I went with Wayne Trace 14-13. Ooh. Close game. Should be a, a, good, shanked, should be a good game. On a, block, really good. On a mm-hmm. block extra point or a shanked extra point. Maybe they go for two for the win and don't get it. All right. I like it. Saw don't that know. last week in an NWAL contest. Mm-hmm. Did. Don't know. We'll see on Friday. Mr. Game Day. Uh, this I, they, got, they got low scoring for this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I picked Paulding. 17 like to 14 Ooh. game-winning field goal. Okay. I like it. But oh, yeah. I have to say, 
that there's a lot of fuel for this game. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's like massive, it's on guys. the line. It's gonna be violent. It's gonna be hard nose hitting. It's gonna be it's it's gonna be a great game. And you look on paper, you see five and four versus four and five. You'd mm-hmm. think maybe not an interesting matchup, but I don't know. But if it's you a get different a big, game when it's on the line. I don't know if you get a bigger bigger matchup with, with these two records on. But mm-hmm. Isaiah, before you make your pick, mm-hmm. just know mm-hmm. that the winner of this game gets the treat of traveling to Bluffton to play Bluffton, the number one seed in the playoffs. All right. Well, and they have a, they have a tough there. game. Working, give me them, no, give me them yeah. outside games, baby. What an honor! Well, <laughs> I got tons of them, by the way. Well, I wrote down seven of them. Well, everyone <laughs> in this room knows what I'm going to say. The autumn wind, it's Dude, blowing. The autumn wind is a raider. <laughs> give me the raiders. The raiders. Some kind of smells in here. Twenty-one. Ni- Someone blow some wind or something. <laughs> a twenty-one nineteen win for the raiders. Interesting. Defense hold defense uh, stiffens in the late in the late fourth quarter. Jose, I got a question. Fire away. Are either one of these teams a team you really want to play as a 16 seed? In in perspective, would you want to say I would I, want to play Wayne Trace or Paulding. I mean, like not saying they're going to win, but they're I mean, a really like, physical. But, teams. Here, but the thing is, though, I would say Wayne Trace could be. I'm saying could be a dark horse in the playoffs. You never know. Like when playoffs hit, you don't know. Playoffs. Playoffs. Oh, so. <laughs> I am not sorry to your ears, sir. Yeah, I can't right, hear so anymore. So I do, I do have some uh, some interesting information that I want to share with you all, though. Uh, the last, uh, the, obviously, if Antwerp, Ayersville, and Tenora all secure wins on Friday, uh, there would there would be a three way share uh, of the GMC title. Wow. Um, the last time <laughs> that the GMC championship was split between three ways was in 2006. Um, this happened. Uh, it was between Ayersville, Tenora, and Fairview in 2006. Um, now, this was uh, when Fairview had the uh, extremely good quarterback and Ryan Radcliffe and the ex- excellent passing attack. Um, Ayersville, obviously, Anthony King, excellent running back back in the KK. day. He also Division Division One running back, I believe. Isaiah Cincinnati. mentioned that he went to Cincinnati. Uh, so excellent talent there for them, and then for Tenora, it was <clears throat> I have it here. Hold on one second. Blake Four uh, was the running back at mm-hmm. Tenora that year. Um, Fairview beat Ayersville. Ayersville beat Tenora, and Tenora dropped ten in coverage to beat Fairview that year. So um, <laughs> this was uh, you know you don't see it very often. And then Air, uh, Rodney Webb uh, for Ayersville set the record for touchdown receptions in a game with six. Uh, in their rematch against Fairview in the playoffs that year. Playoffs? Um, all three teams won opening round playoffs games, uh, and that was uh, at Napoleon, Fairview versus Ayersville, and Ayersville won by six. Uh, so uh, Fairview beat PH in the opening round, and uh, Ayersville beat Tiffin Calvert uh, in the opening round that year. Calvert. So uh, just some interesting stats or interesting uh, day in history for you or interesting history for you. Um, you know, Fairview did have some really good teams. Uh, you know, like I said, we've seen them uh, uh, multiple times in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I have it through also through uh, great knowledge that Doug Rakes was the quarterback for Travis Cooper at Fairview High School back in 1997, 1998. Um, both of those guys were Fairview guys. Uh, so, so pretty cool. 
uh, pretty cool stuff about how that's kind of all inter- inter- intertwined together and, and infused and entwined, and I just think that's really cool. Um, you know, you just never know how far your your branches or your mm-hmm. roots reach, mm-hmm. which I think kind of just goes with Shelby's opening remarks about you know Liberty Center roots being up in Whiteford, Michigan. Your roots just run so deep, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just kind of cool how some things all turn and come back together. And you know, in the next year, Fairview actually went to the playoffs again mm-hmm. and got beat by Tenora in the playoffs that year. Uh, once again, dropped ten guys in coverage to beat beat mm-hmm. Fairview. So uh, a lot of a lot of good matchups and good teams for Fairview back the in the day. The irony that you're talking about right now is the fact that last night when I was over at Fairview for volleyball. We had to stand in the hallway and wait on the volleyball to get done with Archibald and Fairview. Right there's my football stats. Their football records right in front of me. Ryan Radcliffe, career passing yards over 13,000 mm-hmm. yards. Yeah, and he had like 147 touchdown passes. too. was crazy. So. And his total offense, if I remember correct, if I read it correctly, was over – I want to say 17,000 yards in offense. Dang. So he ran the ball and didn't just throw the ball. And Isaiah Markle doesn't know that in 2006, he was at the Ayersville and Fairview game at Defiance and witnessed that. But he was six years old. So, so oh, baby good, Markle. Some <coughs> good, Little some, Markle. Some, yeah. some interesting his, history there Markle, for our listeners know. that have uh, uh, wanted to know maybe when the last time there was a three-way tie for the GMC title. And, yep. you know, that just goes with some of Man, our that, other They should other just do rock, there. paper, scissors at that. <laughs> <laughs> the most uh, intense rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> if, I'm a, if I'm correct, that was still the, All the fan, Bob Olwen era. Am I correct? That I, don't know, for, that I don't know for sure. Just, Sorry, like, I, don't, I don't have that information. With, uh, I'm almost sure right, he's so, there then because he right. ran that that spread offense. He's the one that really all right, so, developed that. Here. Sorry to cut you Go off, ahead. Mama. Sorry. So, Phil, what's our first outside game? <laughs> I'm going to give you guys a couple, actually, uh, just because one of them is for playoff implications. Playoffs! Uh, Mommy at Otsego, uh, again, winning in for both of those teams. Um, and then let's go to my other one I put on just because it would be an interesting contest. Eastwood at Genoa. Genoa. <laughs> so that could be a pretty good game. Both of those teams coming off a loss. Oak Harbor got or Oak Harbor got the better of Genoa. Eastwood also got bested by Oak Harbor. Oak Harbor. And those are over they, the last two weeks. So I watched some film on those guys. They are they're fast. Uh, they run an interesting. They run a they run a they, hurry up offense. Yeah, they have uh, they run like something similar to like an Archbold thing, but except that they a, run a tight a end and, the, and they run a tight end in the back uh, with that running back, a two mm-hmm. wide receiver set. They got beef up on the front line, but they they do a nice job running the hurry up offense. Keep teams off balance. Uh, not a lot of teams can sub defensively when you run a hurry up offense, so mm-hmm. it keeps keeps the defense on the field. So our Oak Harbor does present some matchup issues with that, but uh, just some interesting games there. And just so you guys know, I have five more. All right. So I mean, there's yeah. there's a lot of good games on this. All right. Week. So we get to the NLL first, the Bucket Division. Anthony Wayne General seven and two, three and one at the Swarm. The Perrysburg Yellow Jackets seven to seven and two, two and two. Phil, what do you got for us on this? Uh, probably the game of the week, in my opinion. I don't, I don't think there's a better one than this. I think there might be a few more that have bigger playoff stakes than this. Playoffs. But I don't think that there's a better uh, game on the sheet than this one right here. Anthony Wayne uh, Anthony Wayne did something that Perrysburg didn't do, knocking off Finley uh, in the last mm-hmm. seconds on a touchdown run. Uh, I would not be surprised if Anthony Wayne comes out and smacks Perrysburg in the mouth and takes this game. But I picked Perrysburg at home. Uh, with the uh, with the uh, outstanding student section there, I put twenty eight twenty four jackets. All right, Shelby. 
Um, I went with the Yellow Jackets as well, based solely on the fact that they are at home. Um, my score is 28-14, Perrysburg. All right, Cade? For me, Perrysburg has just been too inconsistent the last couple weeks for mm-hmm. me to really pick them. AW has been a little bit more, so mm-hmm. I'm picking the Generals on a game-winning field goal, 31-28. All right, mm. Mr. Game Day. I'm picking the Swarm. The Swarm. 28-24. Ooh, okay, okay. Uh, for me, these two teams, they've had history the last three to four years. That Before the expansion, it came down to those two teams. Mm-hmm. So they got some history on them. Um, I think the Generals are going to go come in, and they're going to march on the Swarm. And, I'm, yes, I'm picking against the Swarm at home for the fr- – I think for the first time maybe. I had it, I don't keep track of it for some odd reason. But give me the Generals, 31-21. They pull away late in the fourth quarter. All right. Our next game, the Finley Trojans, 7-2, 3-1. Hosting, Sylvania Northview, 2-7, 0-4. Phil, this is going to be a slaughter. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a lot of Ryan Montgomery, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be a high potent offense uh, for Finley Northview. Probably going to get skunked. Uh, you know, uh, give credit to Northview. Uh, they're they're in they're in the gauntlet of that uh, NOL Buckeye division, and uh, you know they're just they're just biting for time over there right now. I think you're going to see some 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 adjustments with the league, but you know, in the first year, it's been pretty phenomenal. I had fifty. Fifty bomb to zip Finley. Ooh, Shelby. I took um, Finley as well. Um, bucket list is seeing Ryan Montgomery one of these days. He's love fun to, to watch in person. Him. Love to go see him. Um, my score is fifty-six seven. Fifty-six seven. Okay. That special teams tutty. It's, it's the special teams tutty. <laughs> Cade. I had fifty-one seven Finley as special teams. There he goes. Mr. Game Day. 42 to 13. Ooh. Ooh. They score in the backups or is it special teams? They score in the backups. Okay. Nice. Noise, uh, man. Noise. Noise. <laughs> uh, for me, well, I can't say bring up the Trojan horse because they're at home, but give me the Trojans. Uh, give me a 56 7 special team yeah, score. I can bring out the Trojan yeah. horse. They you just can always bring out the Trojan horse. They're, they're, they're Trojan horses on wheels. Horse. They can move. Yeah, I, I know, but, <laughs> but, but you really roll the Trojan horse out at home if you're. The no, horse you're is already to, there. The there Trojan horse is not supposed to be at home. It's supposed to be at the enemy's place. Hey, hey, can we, hey can we sign up and get a petition signed to have a Trojan horse somewhere at Finley Stadium? You can fund that. You can fund that. No, not, not, a, not a big one, just a small one. Good luck. Isn't <laughs> He's going to make a toothpick one at home now. <laughs> Isn't that where they shoot the cannon off? Yeah, it might be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, why don't you go they, there and hang out, Isaiah? They, they have a cannon there? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. So. He's going to show up in a Trojan <laughs> horse. <laughs> I'm here for my uh, for my audition. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we get our last game. Spring, the Springfield Blue Devils, 2-7-0-4, hosting Whitmer, 63-3-1. 60-nothing. I had the same score. I have 47-7. I said 34-7. I got 34-0, Whitmer. Whitmer's probably going to score 90. They're, they're, they're mad. They're big it. mad. Oh, I'll yeah. tell you what, man, Finley, Finley surprised probably half of the entire state, northwest World. part of the state. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it was uh, a dominant fashion that they beat Whitmer. Um, five sacks on Brady Ford last week. You know, I think I mentioned it also in our recap episode, Kate, Isaiah. I think they were one of 11 on third down, maybe yeah, two of that, 11 on third down. Uh, so so credit Finley's defense. They did everything they needed to do 
to get off the field. Finley right now sits at the three seed, likely might drop down to the four seed just because they're playing <clears throat> Northview this week. Not going to get very many points from that. And that Division One is absolutely stacked. So Springfield. Yeah, they play Springfield I, this week. Spring, yeah. Yeah. Finley does not play – I'm talking oh. about Finley. Oh, my bad. Finley plays Northview. I said yep. Finley. Finley sitting at the four or at the three seed right now will likely drop down to the four seed mm-hmm. because of their playing Northview this week, which will not give them very mm-hmm. many points. Now, Wimmer was right behind them along with Perrysburg right behind them. Now, it's going to be – ended up likely going to be four, five, six, uh, per, or, uh, Finley – Whitmer, Perrysburg, four, five, six. Now this is saying Perrysburg beating Anthony Wayne. However, if Anthony Wayne finds a way to beat Perrysburg this week, Anthony Wayne is going to jump up in the division two high. It's going to be a big, big win for them. So this Anthony Wayne Perrysburg matchup is a lot bigger than just for uh, we want to be better in the Buckeye division. Anthony Wayne playing for partial Buckeye division title. Finley, Whitmer. Anthony Wayne, you could see a three-way tie in the Buckeye Division Championship. Guys, this is exactly what we wanted when we came up with the NLL schedule like this. There could be a possible three-way tie in the first first year of it. How could it possibly get better than that? I mean, you're seeing these teams beat each other. These games, and they mean so much, and, and that's what kind of sucks for Finley and Whitmer that they have to play Springfield and Northview at the end of the year. They could really use some of these second-level computer points to mm-hmm. stay up in the two to three. You want two home games. Only one of those three teams is going to get two home games. So, yeah, so, you want to be on the winning end. The winning end no matter what, but uh, you know, it's that's why some of these teams. You know, you look at Liberty Center; they play a Division Four Wasion team. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, you get these tough games at the end of the year, and you get some more computer points. Brian, let's look at they beat Archibald. Archibald beating Brian could help them a lot. It's just there's a lot of interesting things going on. But so, Phil, I got a question for you. I back. would love to answer it. So, what would you recommend the NOL Buckeye? Some teams they play instead of playing like these city league schools. You think they should go you know, division up, or I, I would be interested. It would be interesting to see what they can do. I would like to see them pick up some other Division two teams that are local as well, maybe even mm-hmm. some Division three teams. Um, I would love to see Anthony Wayne play a Salina uh, in the off in the off schedule. But the only problem with playing a WBL team is it has to happen within that first week, yeah. uh, because they have to have all their league games in with ten leagues. Um, uh, but outside of that, I, I think it would be tough to say, you know, Anthony Wayne, you know, let's play a neighboring school. I don't know if there's any neighboring schools I'd be able to compete. I know, obviously, Anthony Wayne used to play Maumee, uh back, you know, when they were part of the NLL. So, Do they still um, play St. Francis to sale? St. Fran- uh, yeah, I think so. St. Francis plays a team out of Michigan this week. So, yeah. you know, these teams are just finding games, you know, and I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with these kids, kids getting reps. That's what it's really all about, but mm. – um, it just it, it it seems like some of these Toledo area schools are having time. You know the uh, downtown area teams are having some tough time finding opponents, and yeah. mm-hmm. you know sure. it. You know sometimes that that happens, but uh, it is what it is. I think it Scott Scott might is. be still Scott or Start one of those start two teams. I think is, is still is still in the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so really, Start is all right. So we go to the Cardinal Division, the Bowling Green Bobcats, five and four, zero oh and three at Fremont Ross, three and six, one and two. Phil, what do you got for me on this one? Uh, I think BG comes away with a win here. I just think they're a little bit more physical than Fremont Ross. However, I do think Fremont Ross has some pretty good athletes. They might be able to get loose for a touchdown or two. Um, I actually put it 42-34. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game because Fremont Ross wants to move up in their playoff picture. Uh, BG, though, they need a win to kind of stay in. 
there with right on the cusp with Maumee, mm-hmm. uh, the winner of those, uh, whoever finds a way to secure that 16 seed. Unfortunately, their trip is going to be to Gallagher Stadium uh, to play the Irish. But, uh, you know, if you're Maumee, I think you, you'd you be okay with that 16 seed, especially after the last, I think you lost 36 or 35 consecutive games before their win this year. So, um, I think any team there that gets in, they would be happy with it. BG probably hasn't made the playoffs in some years. So, uh, I BG, though, on the road, 42-34, roll Bobcats. Okay, I'm going to go the opposite way and go with Fremont Moss. Oh, Fremont, Fremont Moss. Moss. Fremont Moss. <laughs> Starting to trend. <laughs> Bowling Green, they're just injuries right now are really getting them, and mm-hmm. they got got to get a little healthier. I think if they were healthier at this point, I probably would take them too, but Fremont – Moss is rolling right now. Free so, my Moss. Free my Moss is rolling Moss. right now. So I'm going to uh, go 34-21. All right. Mr. Game Day. Uh, I picked a BG 28-7. Shelby? I went with Bowling Green as well. Um, the Bobcats, 27-14. Give me a 26-14 win for the Bobcats. All right, next game. (laughs) Next game. The Clay Eagles, (laughs) 3-6, 1-3 at Rogers. Um, Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger. Clay is in, to my knowledge. Uh, Clay is in right now. Um, I I think they're probably going to win this game, I would imagine. I bet they're going to test some new stuff. But uh, but Clay is in right now, so I think even with a win or a loss, with this win they will get in. No, but I think with this win, uh, despite not getting any second level points, they should they should be in. Clay would be in at four and six. All right, Uh, give me the Eagles fly, Eagles fly. Uh, Give me a fifty six seven win for the Eagles, Mr. Game Day. Uh, forty two six Roger. uh, I mean Clay. Oh, I should have said it. I should have. <laughs> I'm going with Clay as well, 35 nothing. And I want to flip back to Phil real quick and just briefly, what are your thoughts on some of these four and six teams making the playoffs when you got teams that are eight and two not getting in? I mean, I understand that scheduling. I got that. But uh, it's like you can go you can go four and six and get in the playoffs. Yeah. I, I, well, I mean, probably when we open it up to 16 teams, teams I, that, I get that too. But That's a great – that is a great question, uh, Shelby. It is a great question. Um, you know, I think this was something that we were kind of talking about before we went on air here, uh, speaking about Montpelier a little bit. Yep. Uh, you know, you talk about Otsego. Otsego wins. They're in at 4-6. and six. Last year goes 6-4 and four and didn't get in. Um, obviously, I think secondary points are becoming more important and more crucial right now when you have these 16-team seeds. Uh, there are some of these 4-6 and six teams, I think, just strictly for – I want to say for program building concerns, I really do think that they're good for that aspect. Outside of that, I do not think in the history of 16 teams you're going to see a 16 beat a 1. I right. don't think you're going to see a 15 beat a 2. And I don't think you're going to see a 14 beat a 3. I just don't think it's in the realm of possibilities. Now, I do think right. 12 – 12 seeds, so maybe 12 teams, top four, get a bye might be the way to go. I don't right. know. I think 16 is a little is a little excessive. Obviously, money-wise, money, money wise, they, they're, they're getting a get lot of money for this. But, you know, when you look at the stories of, you know, Napoleon could have played at four and six and traveled to Glenville like they did last year. Right. Uh, it, it's a good learning experience for that team. Now, I don't know had they not made the playoffs, you couldn't say, okay, well, they could probably do the same thing with the offseason. 
I don't know. Uh, but I do know one thing. Coach Goodwin down at Marion Local has stressed this over his press conferences or news of whatever interviews and media outlets that he says, you know, reps for these kids are huge. They play an extra four to five games a year every stinking season. Right, right. So all their kids get an extra year as a sophomore. They have an extra eight or nine games under their belt right. other than any other team in the state. So yeah. uh, when you're getting reps, I think that helps for this, yep. the argument to keep the 16 seeds. Um, I, I don't know about money-wise. I mean, you're seeing – and I, I, I'm beside myself that the OHSA is going to charge $15 at the gate for tickets for cash. I think that it's is crazy. absolutely absurd. Ten. It's 10 It's 15 at the gate for cash. It is 10, 10 for on. presale. Yep. 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 If you and show up at the game students. and it's 15 yeah. It is released on that the OHSA so, website. That um, so and and that, is, that is kind of ridiculous. But you know what? Uh, the way I see it is, uh, you know, it's for the kids. At the end of the day, is for the kids, and I think regardless, right. you could charge me twenty dollars. I'm going to go watch my Tigers play, and that's that's how <laughs> I feel. I feel like a lot right. of people would say the same thing. However, I do think the playing all the games on Friday this year is is a really big hit for the OHSA. I don't think that's a good look. I think you get a lot of local people that love to go see their local teams play on Saturday. I know I talked to Tor <laughs> uh, reference Tory Strock. He was a big Friday Saturday guy. Loved to go to see those playoff games. So I think that's a big hit, but yeah, I just I don't think you're gonna see a four and six, sixteen seed win over a one seed. I just don't think that's likely. However, I do think some of these matchups get interesting when you look at oh, let like let's look at BG for instance. If you run a spread offense all year for ten weeks, you play two playoff games or a playoff game where you run a spread and see a spread, and then you gotta tackle bowling green running backs forty seven to fifty seven times a night. I think you could get worn down and see a team's weaknesses. Do I think right. they end up winning the game? Yes. But mm -hmm. I think the 16-verse-1 seeds actually draw out weaknesses for some of those higher-seeded teams, which some of those other-seeded teams might be able to exploit. So, I mean, I'm kind of all over with the question there, but that's right. it's a good question. It's tough to answer. Yeah, it's just it, it, it baffles me sometimes because I feel for these teams that are – you know, putting up those seven and three records, whatever. There's been teams eight and two and not get in. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and then you have teams that are four and six and they squeak in there and get obliterated. <laughs> we we talked though, Isaiah. What was it two years ago? A sixteen being a one. You just yeah, don't know. Two years ago. The, the first year. Two when, years ago. The first year when the sixteen seed implement uh, implications came into play, a sixteen seed. It was oh, I think was it Port. Clinton? It was area. It was, it was close it was, by here. It was, it was Northwest it was Ohio. An, it was an area school, and they upset the number one seed. Yep. So, and then I want to say it was a, a Division Four. I think it was D four. I think it was a D four game. It was a D four school. I don't remember who it was yeah. though. Remember when we only had four teams that made yes, it to we the do. playoffs? <laughs> yes. That's crazy. Yeah. So all right. <laughs> okay. Captain. That's awesome. That's That'd be awesome. Clay and Rogers. Got Clay forty-one-seven. Phil. Forty-nine nothing. Clay. All right. So we get to our last game of the Cardinal Division, the Cardinal Division Championship game, playing at Sylvania Southview, then the Napoleon Wildcats, five and four at Sylvania Southview, six and three, three and zero. Oh. This is going to be a very interesting game, but I Napoleon's have what five won five games in a row now. They're on fire. Sylvania Southview six and three. They have a amazing running backs in I believe Isaac Sexton, correct? Yep. Amazing running back have a high-powered offense, but you got Napoleon who likes to ground and pound and hit you in the mouth. 
and with Trey Rubenstein and um, oh, I'm drawing a blank. Um, quarterback, I believe. Owen Espinosa. Owen, Owen Espinosa, clicking all on cylinders there. Give me the Wildcats in this game. Give me a 28-20 game-winning drive for the Wildcats. Secure their first Cardinal Division title of it of its existence. Well, Phil. Oh, oh, okay. She can. Go ahead. Can go. Go. You got something? No. Yeah, Shelby no. wanted to oh, go ahead. speak sure. go ahead, against Markle. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Maybe. You stole my score. Number one. <laughs> I didn't even look at her but, script. <laughs> but, but my circle's around Southview. Oh. Ooh, as much as I hate to pick against Napoleon. Rhonda. Oh, as much as I hate to pick against Napoleon. You look at this matchup on paper. We're playing at Southview. I just feel, and I hope I'm wrong. That's all I'm going to say. I hope I'm wrong when I went with Southview 28-20. All right. Phil. Um, <laughs> this, was, uh, this was the hardest game to pick by far on the entire piece of paper. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I, think, uh, I don't think the running game worries Napoleon at all. Uh, I think Napoleon has no problem stopping the run. Uh, I, you know, with their first three or four games, they got a they got a dose of some really good running teams. Um, you know, you look at Liberty Center; they run the ball really, really effectively. Defiance, a very good running football team as well. Anthony Wayne, a good football team running the ball with Grant Kinney and Brand, uh, Brandon Gardner. Brandon Gardner. So I don't think that's the the question. I think Napoleon just has to not turn the darn football over which is something they've done very well in this five-game stretch, is keep keep possessions. Okay, that was the big thing for Napoleon earlier in the year. They were turning the ball over against Defiance in the first game of the year. We yep. saw the, the snowball effect that happened after the turnovers. Um, man, I did not circle a team on this paper because I didn't <laughs> know who to pick. Um, but I, I, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with local, I think – Napoleon winning five straight is has a lot of momentum right now. Um, I do also think that again the physicality up front, Napoleon's going to be able to hang with that. I think you got both Eggers kids healthy. And check this out: if Napoleon were to lose, they would probably go on the road to Van Wert. Cougar Nation and and the Eggers boys would be playing at, at Eggers, Eggers Stadium. Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, interesting uh, point there. But I I had Napoleon. I'm going to go – I'm going to pick Napoleon. Wouldn't be surprised to see Southview win 21-17 Napoleon. All right, Kate. I'm going to go with Southview in this one. As much <clears throat> as I want to see Napoleon win this, win this game, succeed, because they were played a gauntlet of a schedule mm-hmm. beginning of the year. So there was a lot of criticism going on for Ty, Tyrus Worley, so – Nice job for him just to rattle the storm and to keep going through. Mm-hmm. And I love their red helmets. Just want to add that on there. Yep. Red or orange, whatever color they are. Yeah, I'm I, colorblind. I, yeah, they're well, red. They're red. They're red, but they look orange. <laughs> they look so, so orange. Well, you get in that, that LED-type bright lights outside, uh, yeah. and it uh, shines up like an orange. But it's cool. I agree with you. I like them, too. They're slick. Yeah, they're very cool. All right. Mr. Game Day. Uh, I believe it's going to be a, a close game, but I'm picking the Wildcats. 28 to 21. Ooh, all right. All right, before we get to the WBL, Phil, what's our next outside games? Uh, I'm going to give you a couple of them. Let's go with 
Uh, 8-0, Sandusky Perkins at 8-1, Tiffin Columbian. Uh, should be a pretty good game, pretty smash-mouth physical game there. Both of those teams uh, like to be at the line of scrimmage, so uh, that could be an interesting game there. Perkins, I believe, uh, sitting um, very well in the D4 Region 14. They are the number one seed, projected the number one seed in the Region 4, or the, uh, yeah, Region 14, Division 4, Region 14. Uh, Tiffin Columbian... I believe Tiffin Columbian. Um, I, I don't know, but anyway. Uh, uh, Tiffin Columbian is a good team as well, so uh, that could be an interesting game. And then let's look at my other one I put down. Calvert, 8-0 at 9-0. Uh, Hopewell Loudon. Uh, Hopewell Loudon, a game in Division 7, Region 26. That's what it was. Hopewell Loudon, I did it. I think that yes. um, Hopewell Loudon in uh, uh, Division 7, Region 26 right now is the one seed. I think they're probably the prohibited favorite in there, although I like Macomb. PH could give some teams uh, some some troubles as well. So uh, interesting two games there. Yeah, that, uh, Hopewell Loudon was the team that did the upset. That, was oh. the 16 that upset the one? You know who they upset? Two years ago. Yep. Two years ago. Two years ago for Division, uh, Division Four. And, and I'm surprised that Hopewell Loudon has dropped all the way to a Division Seven. Yeah, it's crazy. 21. Yeah, kind of like a Patrick Henry. I remember Henry. playing those. Kind of like a Patrick Henry. Playing Hopewell Loudon a few years ago in the playoffs. I mean, Jordan was – I think Jordan was a freshman that year. but Yeah, that's a few years ago. All right, so we get to the WBL. We got – Lama Math. Four and five, three and five. <laughs> At St. Mary's, five and four, five and three. Phil, what do you got for us on this one? Well, I uh, I believe that uh, I believe that St. Mary's right now is probably the hottest team in this conference outside of obviously Wapakoneta and Salina. Um, they've been playing very very well, establishing that running game. They're get, they're fully healthy now. Their line's starting to move some people. This could be a pretty high scoring game. Uh, Lima Bath, uh, unfortunately, they uh, they might have to go on the road in their playoff game. Uh, to a Cleveland Glenville or Sandusky Perkins type team if they find a way to make it. They got it. However, <laughs> <if> Lima, <laughs> however, Lima Bath coming off that winless season a year ago to make the playoffs would be absolutely enormous for those kids and that coaching staff. However, at St. Mary's too much, 38-24 Rough Riders continue their winning streak. All right, Mr. Game Day. I don't know what I'm going to pick. <laughs> I'm picking Lama Bath. Lama Bath. scrub a dub dub in the tub. <laughs> well, I believe this is going to be a extremely tough game for Lama Bath. But I'm going to go to my roots here and say they're going to hold them. They're going to hold them to 14 to 7. <laughs> He's going to bring the new Bremen. 14 to 7. I love it. The new Bremen score. <laughs> the new Bremen score. The new score. Bremen score. I'm a fan. Yeah. <laughs> Shelby, nice. go ahead. And it all with a bang. Shelby, what do you got? I literally just picked St. Mary's just to make him mad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went with St. Mary's 14 and to 0. Ooh. I'm going to shut out the bath. Okay. This is really bad timing, Riley. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whatever. St. Mary's is just playing too well right now. I got him 42-14. Ooh. Uh, for me, uh, gave me St. Mary's. Sorry, buddy. Uh, St. Mary's better take a hold of that. 35-14. But, like I always say every time, St. Um, Lima Bath scores on their first possession. I don't know if that's going to make me feel better. Are they score, they score back-to-back. There you go. Drives. 
There you go. I've got you know, hey, you know, Mike. Mike was talking about uh, some of the guys that have been, you know, stepping it up mm-hmm. uh, for this team, and uh, Dominic Osborne. Uh, was one of the names that he mentioned, as well as Colton Mabry, uh, two of the kids that have kind of led the rushing attack. Uh, you know, he had mentioned as well about Colton Mabry, you know, uh, leaving uh, a game or di- didn't play in one of those games, and then Osborne was able to make a, a you know, hit the name for himself in that one a big a big time. Uh, through nine games, Colton Mabry, 147 carries for 987 yards and 14 scores which is about 6.7 yards a carry. And Dominic Osborne, 133 carries for 931 yards and six scores, uh, which is about 7.0 yards per carry. So uh, those two guys are definitely uh, the workhorse backs there for the Rough Riders, and they've been kind of leaning on them through this uh, through this uh, winning streak they're on. All right. So we head on, and head on over to the WBL Championship. Number 10, Salina, in their respected division, 8-1, 8-0. At Wapakoneta, 7-2, 7-1. This is going to be a really good game. Well, let, let's just make sure that we're clear on this. Salina already has a share no matter what. Yes. Yep. So, yes. either well, way. I was, was going to say oh, so that really if, if Salina wins, they got it outright. It's outright, yes. And if they lose, Wapak gets, still... gets a half of the pie. Just, so, wanted, to, just wanted to mention that. All right, so I'm going to let Mr. Why don't Game... you go first? We want to hear what you have to say on the subject. <laughs> you never yeah. go first. We got Mark, to see. We got to see. Yeah. We got to What's see Wapakoneta in person. Fine. We got to see Wapakoneta in person. Salinas coming off of a big win, uh, 17 to nothing against Defiance, a team which they forced Brez Zipfell into two interceptions. I think that was kind of a big mm-hmm. difference in the game. Uh, you know, we talk about turnovers and the WVL coming into fruition to be playing huge. Here Isaiah, you. what do you got? Uh, for me. Get the tomahawk chop going. Get, get. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, Give me Wapak 35-21 Redskins. They get a share of the title. Phil, what do you got for me? Uh, you know what? I think uh, sophomore quarterback Caleb Moyer, which still blows my mind to this day that hey, he's a sophomore. Hey, don't forget I told you that they had a freshman quarterback last year. You did not believe me. I didn't say I didn't believe you. Yeah, I just not, didn't. Not. I just never registered that that's that that's what it was. I just didn't. It just didn't register that that's who we were talking about. I guess. And <laughs> you know, we're gonna have to go through this at the end of one of these episodes and talk about the extremely talented class of quarterbacks that are coming back uh, for for the teams that we cover because holy smokes. Um, anyway, uh, you know, I uh, I just think uh, Wampakoneta is clicking on just about every cylinder possible right now. Um, it all started uh, it all started with their loss to Defiance. I really believe that. Um, you know, they got beat, I think, 16 to 13 on the road against Defiance. Uh, Defiance really stymied the rushing attack there, which kind of made it difficult for Caleb to, to find some openings in the passing game. Uh, I like Wapakoneta win this game. Uh, I, I like Jace Nouse running the football, opening up the the passing game. Uh, Wapakoneta wins by a touchdown. 24-17. All right, Cade? I put Wapak in the militia top five, no and I said no one was going to beat him the rest of the regular season, so I got to stay true since my two-loss WBL thing didn't, didn't work, work out. out. <laughs> Told you. <laughs> you guys tried to tell me I didn't listen. Nope. But I'm going – 34-21. All right. Mama? 
28 years it's been since Salina has won the WBL in football. Long time. 1995. 1995. Yep. I'm going with the Salina Bulldogs. The Dow. 2014. Ooh. They won it all to themselves. That'd they're not, not going to share with Wapak this year. It's all Bulldogs. All right, Mr. Game Day. Well, it's it's one of those, it's that one of those games again where uh, where st- when stuff is on the line, it's a different atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Violence, <laughs> hard nosed football, punch you in the mouth. A good game, <laughs> but good I'm game. picking Salina. Ooh, the dogs. And Phil, you know why I was surprised? Because <laughs> we got the same exact score, twenty-four to seventeen. Just. Mm. Just for a different team. This game is at Wapak, too, yes, and I is. think that, that kind of yeah. helps a little bit with the yes, Redskins. It but. does. All right, so our next game, the Defiance Bulldogs, 6-3, 6-3, 5-3 at Ottawa Glendorf, 1-8, 1-7. Uh, I think this game is going to be bad. Uh, OG's not there yet. Uh, give them one more year because they still have a lot of young talent on that team, and there's a lot of potential still there uh, going into the next season. Um, I feel like Ottawa Glendorf doesn't want to go out with a loss, but at the same time, um, Defiance is clicking. All, is clicking. Uh, give me the dogs, 24-7. to Cade. You know, I could see this game being a little closer than some people might think. I mean, mm-hmm. OG, they just they don't want to stop playing, I'm sure, even though I wish because I'm, I'm ready for OG basketball. But <laughs> it'll be closer, I think. They got to come here this year. They got to come here this year. I'll be at that game. We oh. all know what player I'm coming to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the buck I commit. The buck I commit. The three star. What stories? Got to share that when basketball gets around. Right. But I'm pick defiance and a 28-10 win. Shelby, I'm going with the Bulldogs again. Um, I, I'm going bigger. I'm going 48-21. Ooh, Mr. Game Day. Bulldogs 35-27. Phil. I think this is going to be a lot closer than anybody thinks. I think OG does a lot of things that Defiant struggles with, which would uh, exterior passes, the quick quick uh, screen routes. Um, sometimes Defiance has a hard time wrapping up in the open field, which could come back to haunt them. Uh, who's the coach at OG? I know you know. Ken Schreiner. He's going for his 200th win. Yes, he is. This would be his 200th win against Defiance. Ooh, there's so, something to play so for. So there's something to play for if you're OG. This is not just your typical one and nine team, one and eight team going into week ten. Like, ah, uh, you know, Grant's got to play basketball next year, but you know, but that is not the case here. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you guys right now that if Defiance goes into OG and they overlook and sleep, they're gonna get beat mm-hmm. because OG has a OG has a lot to play for. Okay, despite their record, despite not making the playoffs, they want this 200th win, especially over Defiance. It would mean more to them to get it over Defiance. I really believe that. So, with that being said, I'm going to take Defiance. Oh, come on. You got oh, you know, he picked up the belt. He was going to ring the bell. He had, he, had the, he had the Mark May <laughs> bell ready to go. Dang it, Phil. I'm going to take Defiance. <laughs> Uh, and I'm going to take Defiance 34-32 Defiance. You really milked that. You really milked that. Listen, OG has lost 28-21 three times. They've been in a lot of games in the first half. I'm telling you, this team has played played some good football. They just need to turn that little bit of a last corner. Could happen. Who knows? Definitely not an average one in nine team. Don't sleep. And you know, you guys know. 
you know just as well as I do. If you take a day off in that WBL, you're going to get bit. Yeah, you lose some gains. All right, so bulk. The bulk. All right, so we go to our next game, the Elida Bulldogs, 5-4, and 4-4, hosting Vanwer Cougar Nation, 6-3, and 5-3. Phil, what do you got for us? Uh, this this game uh, is interesting. I think if Van Wert overlooks Elida, they could get beat. Mm-hmm. I also think Van Wert really, really wants to win this football game strictly for playoff concerns. I, I think Elida is also on the cusp, uh, so they could use this win as well. I circled Van Wert on the paper, but I'm going to go against it. I think I'm going to take Elida at home over Van Wert. Really? 28-21. All right. Elida. <laughs> All right. Captain Rainin's Bell, what do you got, Cade? Just two teams that have we kind of had a hard time figuring out all year. Van Wert, they're juggling quarterbacks. Elida's kind of doing the same thing. Elida's defense is very, very good. Just Elida struggles to put up some points, and I don't think Van Wert wants to fall any lower in that region. So I'm going to go Van Wert 31-14. All right. Shelby? Um, I went with the Van Wert Cougars. In a tight one, I'm going to say it's going to get decided in the fourth quarter, 14-7. Ooh, dang. Like Mr. Game Day. Uh, I feel like this is going to be a high-scoring but close game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said uh, Van Wert 34-28. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for me, give me the Cougs. Cougar Nation. <laughs> That's going to be Let's a thing, ride. isn't it? <laughs> Cougar Nation. Let's ride. Now, let's hope this one does backfire. Cougar Nation, we tried. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Yikes. <laughs> All right, a 28-14 win for the Cougs. We get to our last game to the WBL. The Ketten Wildcats, 2-7, 2-6, and and hosting. Johnny. 0-9-0-8. I feel like Kenton's going to be – I feel like Kenton's going to get one more win under their belt before their season comes to an end. Uh, give me a 28-21 win for Kenton. Phil? If there was an over-under 65 total points, I would take the over on this. Mm-hmm. I think this could be an extremely high-scoring game. I also went with, uh, with, with Kenton. I will say this, though. Their quarterback did go out against Defiance. Mm-hmm. Corbin Johnson, he was hurt against Defiance. So as long as he's healthy, Kenton wins 45-20. All right. Mr. Game Day? And the, and the uh, Diamondbacks just walked off the Phillies in the ninth inning. Dang. In the third, game three. Uh, or, I'm going to pick Kenton 35-7. to Shelby? Um, I took the Kenton. Wildcats. Wildcats. Is that what they are? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Original. Real. Whoa. Whoa. Kenton, 21-7, and probably Sassy Cat. (laughs) The most boring game of the WBL that night, I guess. Dang. (laughs) Sorry to say. All right. Just saying. Captain. Kenton, 28. Shawnee, 13. All right. Before we get to our last league, Phil, what do you got for us? Uh, I got... In uh, the conference title aspect, as well as uh, big playoff implications. Playoffs! 9-0 Bluffton at 7-2 Columbus Grove for that conference championship. If Columbus Grove wins, that could bump them to the two seed in in Division 6, Region 22, which would avoid uh, the uh, the rematch with Bluffton there. 
um, earlier in the playoffs. They would have, they wouldn't be able, they wouldn't see each other then again until the regional finals. So that's a big, big win if Columbus Grove is able to get that. And then Macomb eight and one at Liberty Benton eight and one. The winner will take that conference championship as well. Uh, so a lot on the line there. Uh, Liberty Benton. A team that we saw in the playoffs last year, Coach Garlock, Scott Garlock, does a really, really good job with those kids. Uh, they run a nice spread offense. They they really throw it around, sling it around well. They get it to those athletes. Saw their basketball team, ton of athletes, ton, ton of athletes down there at Liberty Benton. They do a really nice job getting the ball to them in space. And uh, we'll call it uh, we'll call it the granddaddy of them all as far as. Uh, uh, outside games go. It really doesn't get much better than this. I think the 50-50 could probably be a brand new car if you want me to be 100% honest with you. Mm-hmm. As 9-0 and Coldwater travels over to Mar- uh, to Maria Stein, uh, Marion Local, the 9-0 and Flyers who put their 42 uh, game regular season winning streak on the line, 38 consecutive game winning streak on the line at home against Coldwater. Coldwater coming off of a what most would consider an upset victory, 21-14 to over Versailles last week. However, Coldwater has only played two teams above 500, folks. So this is a test for Coldwater. If, if Coldwater wins this ballgame, they would move them to the two seed in Division Five, Region 18, which would avoid – Avoid a possible second-round matchup with Oak Harbor with Coldwater earning the five seed, Oak Harbor earning the four seed in the second round. That game would be played at Oak Harbor. And then also that would avoid the third-round matchup, neutral site matchup with Liberty Center, which would then move that potential matchup only happening in the regional regional finals So in Division 5, Region 18. If Coldwater and Oak Harbor get matched up, then one, one of those of two teams would out. play us in week three, the way it stands right now. Wow. Now that's all saying if all the scenarios play out the way they're projected, that's that's what we're looking at. Right, I'm going to throw out here a little fun fact, Phil. With Coldwater making the playoffs this year, 27 consecutive years of making the playoffs. Dang. 97 to 2023, mm-hmm. which is an OHSAA record. Yeah, they're uh, that pro coach Ott, uh, coach Ott and coach Goodwin are probably two of the faces of the coaching aspect mm-hmm. in Northwest Ohio and, and all of Ohio, I would say. So, and, and I don't want to take anything, and I'm not trying to take anything away from what Liberty Center did last year with cold water. I don't take anything away. Mm-hmm. I don't feel we got the best of cold water last year. No. I feel we came out, smacked him in the face, and they didn't know what hit him, and they didn't recover. <laughs> now we got the the red bullseye, bullseye. on yep. the back of our uh, And jersey. I'm going to say a rematch with us is what's going to drive That's them, gonna and I'm going to take Coldwater over Marion Local. Ooh. I'm going to call it right now. All right. Write that down. Write that down. Phil. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I don't know if – I don't know if too many people would be super shocked. No. To say to to hear you say that. However, I think most people would probably say I think Marion Local would win this game. Right. However, historically, Coldwater is extremely extremely tough to beat in right. Week Ten. But with them only playing two teams over five hundred, people would be like, "Ah, oh, you're crazy." 
Yeah, and you know, Michael, I, I think Michael, it's cold water. Michael talked with us on Sunday. You know, he said that this cold water team's a little under the radar as a nine and zero team. So that's interesting well, as well. And they're nine and zero after the last game they lost was to us. Yep. So if that's not a motivator, we'll see. That's I mean, what we'll I've been. See. I've been saying okay. it for weeks. It's circled yep. somewhere in cold water. Okay, so yep. uh, going back to the Perrysburg AW rivalry real quick. Apparently, I just now saw this that two teachers from both well, from both each other's schools. Whoever wins this gets a gets the cannon that they call the Battle of the Mommy. The Battle of the Mommy. It's brand new. Yeah, oh, it's awesome. I've seen it. Yeah, it's the dope. cannon's it's there. It's unbelievable. Wooden yeah, cannon. That's pretty cool. Hey, oh, that's cool. What did you Can say? Mary local streak was? No, I oh, believe it's at. That's boring. I believe it's at forty-two <laughs> regular season wins in a row, and then thirty-eight consecutive games in a row. Yeah, so that's gonna be very interesting. Thank you. All right, so now we get to our last league of the night. The NWAL, the Archibald Blue Streaks, 8-1, 5-1, traveling over to the Brian Golden Bears, are known as the Bears. Bill, what do you got? Um, I think that, uh, you know, after talking with Coach Dominic a little bit this past week, uh, this is a game that Archibald is very, very, very focused on. Uh, mm-hmm. He knows that big plays are what's going to be the key to success against the Golden Bears. You cannot allow – uh, Kepler and, and Harold to get those big plays, their momentum plays. That's where they get their momentum from, and they they do. Uh, you know that was one thing that I think Wasion did a very very nice job with in the first half, especially thirteen to six ball game there in the first half. No big plays for that Bryant offense, so really unable to get those big plays. Chucking had a hard time moving the ball down the field. Now you flip the script here a little bit. I think Archibald's better defensively than what Wasion. I think Arch, Archibald also offers a better ground game than what Wasion has to offer. Wasion might have a better passing game, maybe, maybe, maybe. But um, I do know that where uh, you know Cade six, succeeds at is like on his second and third reads. So mm-hmm. the offensive line for uh, Archibald has really done a good job. Don't know what Brian has to offer as far as that goes. Depth is going to be an issue here for Brian. I think it's going to be an excellent game through three quarters. Archibald pulls away 38-21 in the fourth. All right, Shelby? I'm going with the blue streaks here, 35-14. All right, Kate? Going Archibald, 35-21. Mr. Game Day? Uh, Archibald, 45-14. There's rumbling in the distance, and a blue streak is on its way to Golden Bear Stadium. Give me the streaks of blue, 35-14. Phil, what do you got? And uh, both of those teams are in. Brian is definitely in. I think they might get like the thirteenth seed. By Something the way, like- by the way, it sits right now. Let me double check my paper, real quick. They would get about the thirteenth seed, which could put them against a possible matchup between Millersburg and West Holmes, who has been a perennial powerhouse over the last four or five years. Absolutely. So we get to our next game: the Delta Panthers, three and six, one and five, hosting the Evergreen Vikings, three and six, one and five. Phil. Well, uh, you could uh, toss a quarter up in the air and tell me what it lands on and then pick that team. Uh, or or you could dissect this game a little bit and say this is a rivalry game between these two teams. Mm-hmm. They're both green. You can throw <laughs> – they're both green. They're both green. Um, you can throw – Who's can, the better shade? <laughs> both teams are three and six. Uh, both teams one and five in the league. Oh, man. I, you know, I uh, – I'm a firm Delta hater, and I'm going Evergreen, the fighting box, the fighting box of Evergreen. I, you know, I I just think that uh, Evergreen has seen some of these rushing attacks, and they've done a pretty nice job with some of it. I think they did – they held their own for a little bit against Liberty. 
forced Liberty Center into two interceptions, I believe, forced two turnovers. So mm-hmm. I think uh, Amstutz is only turnovers, if I'm not mistaken, this year. So yes. Yes. And I know we were trying some new things as well, but uh, Evergreen's defense pretty solid as far as the aspects that they're going to see. Mm-hmm. Delta not a big throwing team, a lot of running the football. Vikes me, 28-21. I can't believe I just said that. Vikes me, 28-21. <laughs> That's the meme of the day. Wow. Shelby? Happened again, Phil. I can't I'm, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's going on, man. I, I'm, but I'm, I, couldn't, I couldn't find myself to pick Delta. No offense to the Panthers. I think Coach Rupel's doing what he can with what he has. I'm telling you right now, over the next couple of years, they're going to be good. Their 7th and 8th grade classes are really, really oh, yeah. talented. Um, I picked the Vikings, basically. Vikes me. Basically because <laughs> mentally they impressed me in the Liberty game. They didn't stop playing. They played strong for four quarters. Um, they have a young coach, very young coach. And if anybody wants to remember it clear back to week one, the Vikings destroyed Elmwood. Uh-huh. Who just beat Eden last week. Yeah. So... I hate to see Delta struggle. I hate. I, I worked over there for nine years, and fell in love with the Panthers. Mm-hmm. But in this matchup, I got to go Evergreen twenty-seven. Right. Twenty to seven. All right. <laughs> man, the snowman's Mr. gonna melt. He's gonna be Mister Game Day. Uh, Delta. Yeah. <laughs> like how he just <laughs> lowered Markle's ball. Uh, 28 to 21. <laughs> Captain. The opposite of Phil's. <laughs> Again. I hate you. <laughs> Kate. That's me. I'm thinking. Think I'm harder. Thinking. It's week 10, guys. I still don't know who to pick in some games. So I'm yeah. with you. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with Delta. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry, Phil. <laughs> Felt a little unnecessary for that. This thing oh, where Evergreen. the bell, Markle. Way to go. I just feel like you think where Evergreen really could be if Hunter Vakulik didn't go down. Oh, they man, might be it, talking it, about a absolutely. different team. It's just, it's sad for me. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll be back, though. I just try to think the weapons that Evergreen has might cause some problems with Delta, with Riley Dunbar, and then, uh, What's the running back's name? Max Mossing. Max Mossing. I love that name. That's a, that's a name. That's a name. Let's go to go with Delta because I like their style of football pretty mm-hmm. much. So, 28-21. All right. So, for me, like Phil said, the coin toss 50-50. But since Phil is my arch rival in some other aspects outside the walls of podcasting, a.k.a. <laughs> fantasy football, give me the Panthers. 35-21. Yes, sir. <laughs> Thirty-five. <laughs> Roll Panthers. All right, so we get to our second to last game of the night. Number eight, Patrick Henry in Division Seven, seven to two, four and two, hosting the SWAT and Bulldogs, zero and nine, zero and six. Um, this is going to be a game. Uh, we all know how bad this game is going to be. Bad. It's not going to be pretty. Uh, Coach I is probably going to run a few things. Uh, see what he got. See what he has to work with going into the postseason. Uh, give me the Patriots. 42 nothing. Shelby, you're shaking your head. What do you got? Don't you do it. Um, I really think that this is a great game for Patrick Henry to just relax and have a little fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk to Coach Inselman every week for my story that I write for the Deschler paper, 
And one of the things he noted is that they need to get healthy before the playoffs. So I think coming into week 10 against Swanton, they're going to be able to do that a little bit, rest some of their kids. Um, I went with Patrick Henry, but I, one thing I want to hit on is Patrick Henry is depth-wise, it's sad. The lack of numbers are really taking its toll this late in the season. When you got running backs, I looked up a few stats on the NWAL site and – Houston Miranda's ran the ball 160 times for 1,044 yards and has 18 touchdowns. And I want to compare that to Colton Cruz, who's only touched the ball 77 times this season, 907 yards, averaging 11.8, 19 touchdowns. That means Houston Miranda's had to run into the line 83 more times this season. When you get your get your running back beat up 160 times before you're even into week 10, it's going to take its toll. So I'm hoping they do get to rest him because I think he's a great running back. I think he's a great running back. Um, I went with the Patriots 32-7. You know, well, I think that's where Lincoln Krieger kind of offsets that a little bit. I think he adds a little bit of extra dimension mm-hmm. to that running right. game. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you guys right now uh, – Firsthand, Thomas Smith is one of the best athletes in Northwest Ohio. It's not close. It is not close. Uh, With what I saw him do against Archibald on Friday night, uh, his his ability to go up and get the football, um, not only in in spatial coverage, but over the top of a defender grabbing it. I mean, his, his ball skills going up to get the ball at the high point, Plus, his athleticism is is quite frankly second to none, and you know he gets overshadowed a lot by Landon Johnson, which which with due reasoning, Landon is an excellent wide receiver. Caught a pass in double coverage, and then there was four sets of hands on it. I kid you not, and he was the one that came down with the football. So uh, he's a special kid in itself. It's just um, you know Lincoln Krieger adds an <clears throat> extra dimension to that running game for Patrick Henry. They're going to have to get healthy. Their center's a little bit banged up. The George Delgado kid's a little bit banged up. Um, you just got to get healthy. Brock Behrman's a little bit banged up. So they just – they need this week probably more than any other team on our 36 area and our 36 coverage teams. Patrick Henry needs this this week more than any. Uh, it, it's it's playoff preparation time. They are as good as anybody in Division 7, Region 26, with or without Nash Meyer. I firmly believe that. Obviously probably the best team in Division 7, Region 26, with Nash, mm-hmm. but arguably just as good with Lincoln. I think Lincoln does – present a lot of good possibilities in the passing game it's just about reps he's he's got to get reps so I would not be surprised to go off your point Shelby right. if they throw the football a lot more mm-hmm. Friday night just to get his arm used to the weather all mm-hmm. that stuff so a pH by I mean you could name your score I put I just wrote down blowout I didn't write the score I, it's right. going to be um, bad, yeah. but. one more fact that when you were bringing up Thomas Smith against Archibald Three catches, 123 yards. Two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Yeah. Okay. All right, Captain? No, just give a little credit to Patrick Henry. They play in a very, very tough conference and being their only Division Seven team in, in WOAL. So, that's going to be a factor when you got you just have less kids. could be in a smaller school, but mm-hmm. it takes a lot to go out there. Knowing that some of these schools might have 60 kids where you might have mid-30s, high-40s, so – there's a lot of credit there, but this game, just business trip for PH, just get healthy, and I just put 40 nothing. And it's at home, too, it's so that's home. nice. So. Yeah, big red mm-hmm. stadium. And uh, Mr. Game Day. The Patriots are going to put down the dogs. 
Uh, 45 to 0. And is this uh, Bill's 165th? Would this be his 165th career league victory? I thought it was 200. What does he need? He, he no, has that's, 250 that's, that's career wins. I'm talking specifically league wins. He's going to be, I believe, do needs, not quote me, I, I believe he needed, he's going to be one short That's what I, of So Rex. he should, he Rex should has tie, 166. He should tie Rex, but will not pass him. So he will have one. So this would be for league win number 166 for I Bill. I believe. It's either 165 or 166 because yeah. I thought he needed to go 7-1 and one to start the year to beat yeah. the record. So I, I heard that Rex might – Get on the the return team as assistant <laughs> yeah. coach to uh, boost that record up. Yeah, a little bit. he just got a he just he just wants to beef it up. A he just bit. he's the most competitive man in Northwest Ohio, and he will not be beat. Even man, though he'll I, just sit out there on the the big red ball. <laughs> no, I'm gonna you tell guys, you right now, dude. He was a fantastic badminton player. Like I'm telling you, man. He is. This dude it's really was is. unbelievable at badminton. Like you were like, I'll oh, hit it over here. There's no way he can get. <laughs> <laughs> How did that get over here? I'm telling you, it. We, I've, I've, I've bought Rexlinger more than a more than a few Pizzanello's pizzas due to losing to him in badminton. So, uh, all fun. Well, here, well, here's the, here's the thing though. If you were on the verge of beating him, if you get to the game point, immediately, oh, would you look at the time? I gotta go. I gotta. <laughs> but you know what? He's that guy that uh, if he's there, he's either a gonna be in the press box or b gonna be on a field somewhere. It's just it's just gonna happen. Right. There's so. so many Rex Lingren stories. We can be here all night. We could. We could. He might right, walk in here right now on. for all we know. <laughs> he, he, he does he, own this town. He really. I mean, <laughs> he did build the house that we have now. The so, house that Rex built. Yes, the, the house that Rex built. All right. So we get to our last game of the night. The number two in Division Five, the nine and zero, six and zero Liberty Center Tigers hosting the Wasayan Indians, six and three, four and two. Phil, statistics, fire away. Well, this is kind of like I said. I, I think you can kind of throw all statistics out of the window here on this one. Um, I don't have. Well, I probably could figure it out real quick, but uh, I had Colton Cruz with six carries for eighty-four yards last week, which brings his total to. 100 or 911 I believe yards. That's on that's on my calculations and then Trenton had 6 carries for 69 yards and two touchdowns. So Trenton has 14 touchdowns, Colton has uh 19 mm-hmm. touchdowns. Uh Colton with 77 carries, Trenton with 65 carries. So uh when you're talking about uh 19 touchdowns and 14 touchdowns uh it's just it's unheard of uh, as a team still averaging almost 8.9 yards a carry. So, uh, you know, giving up uh, giving up less less than 70 yards rushing a game. Wasey on a team that does not run the football a lot. I think their leading running back has maybe 450 yards of total rushing yards. Uh, you know, they're they're a team that likes to spread it, yeah, spread you out, get their athletes. Wyatt Smith, fantastic receiver for. Uh, for for Wasion, Tyson Rodriguez, excellent receiver for Wasion. I think he has like 15 touchdowns on the receiving end. Might I add you? Uh, not to mention the things that he does in the special teams. He also kicks their field goals and extra points. So I mean, he's he is a fantastic all-around football player for Wasion. The thing that I think Wasion has been able to do against teams they've won big. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's been the big plays, and it's been from from uh, Trey Parsons extending plays out of the pocket 
and then finding that deep receiver, which normally is Tyson Rodriguez over the top. A lot of 70-yard touchdown passes Mm -hmm. just from him breaking contain and Tyson getting behind the defense. Uh, Something that's probably not going to happen a whole lot of times against the stingy Liberty defensive line. You're not going to be able to have all day to throw. You're going to have to have your first read or your second read or dip. I mean, you're not going to be able to stand back there and hold it or you're going to take a bruising. And Wasion has a lot more to play for than just week 10. Uh, They are looking at right now their spot uh, in Division 4, Region 14. They would be the 10 seed facing off against Bellevue, a team that Mm. beat them 26-3 earlier in the regular season due to the fact Trey could not get out of the pocket. So Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest difference for me. Uh, you're not going to stop Liberty Center's offense. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think I think Wasion probably gets a touchdown or two. I'm going to go 42-14 Tigers. But, you uh, stole my score. That's my score. I didn't I think, write anything down if it makes you feel any better. I think okay. Wasion's going to run into like the problem where they can't throw the long ball, but they have to start quick passing. But the problem is Liberty has been like picking off like so many – Quick passes, like and, Cam and, Collie with the. And let's be honest, Liberty Center is probably going to run more of a bend, don't break. They're not. They are not going to give it. Casey knows you cannot give up the big plays against Wasion, so they're probably going to play off coverage, like you said, which will open up dump downs. But our guys have done a great job all season long of tackling one in of the best. space. Tackling in space has been crucial all season. You have not seen that broken tackle at the line twenty yard gain. You just have not. And also Seen the pursuit, it. too. Absolutely. Everyone to the ball. Or like Coach Moore likes to say, hats on heads. Hats on heads. All right, Cade? I mean, you guys pretty much said it all. Trey Parsons going to have to get this ball out really, really fast. I can see him getting the snap and just rolling out to the right or the left. It would not surprise me to see a lot more designed rollout plays. I think that's a great point, Cade. See, You're going to have well, to move the pocket. Well, that's if he can roll out. It'll be designed. Yeah. So the second he snaps, he's going to be on the move. The pocket's going to move with him. <laughs> then I yeah. see Balcomin. <laughs> <laughs> that would be some. I think that's a great point, Kate. A couple times you see the hitch routes, those curl routes. Eventually you can only do that so many times before it gets jumped, as Riley kind of said. I just I don't see this matchup working very well for Wasion. Mm-hmm. But they're still a really good team. and just I wish them the best. But I got the Tigers 51-7. All right. Mom? Um. I got a lot to say about this game, and I'll try and keep it short. In the last five games, Liberty Center has outscored their opponents 279-20. to 20. That's an average score of 56-4. to 4. Technically, that should be way lower. <laughs> Could for be way higher season, offensively, too. For the season, we've only allowed 54 points. And it should be, what, 420-something? I don't know. I didn't do that. It was 397. <laughs> it was 397 to what we allow last game, six. If seven, we did seven. not allow Delta to score, did we? If uh, if Coach Mueller did like the no mercy rule, Cobra! Well, and we, it would be like Jesus. twenty, okay, twenty eight points. Here's my my next I'm point. Telling you, nearly every game, except for Tenora, I want to say just Tenora, we've ran continuous clock second half. That's how not, many scores? I think Tenora is the only one that's Tenora's gotten like an one. actual. How like many scores legit have we missed? Touchdown, not like you know a how much? How many? How many more touchdowns could we have put up, running regular clock? All right, back to this. We've only punted the ball thirteen times all year. 
That Max, is it. Max that, hasn't gotten a lot of work. Max no, don't need work. Max is, is putting him in the end zone every kickoff. Man, that most kid of is probably in the the second half anyway. That kid is has impressed me this year over last year. His improvement, his dedication to kicking, his work with Tom Russell, who I'm sorry does not get the the credit he deserves. Hundred percent. He has worked so hard with Ian and with Max, and the improvement is just is impressive. I really feel that Baki and Seth are going to be batting balls all night long. They're going to be in Parsons' face. Uh-huh. He can roll out. That's fine. But you, the point you brought up about the big plays, they're going to get a couple. I got 42-14. Both of those scores for Wasgat are going to come on big plays. Could be kickoff return. I don't know. But the other thing I want to bring up is – Traditionally, if I end up pick a team on our schedule that we don't always play our best against, it's it. Wasian. Mm-hmm. For many years, that was because it was after the PH game. Yep. Four or five matchup. Week yep. Four, week five, yep. Yep. I don't see that happening. I see us resting a couple kids in the second half this, this week, but at the same time, our starters by – I must say week three of the playoffs are going to have to get used to playing four quarters, which we have not had to do. In two years. Yeah. Of regular well, season. Well, yeah, regular season-wise, yeah. Uh, Playoff-wise, um, we – was it third round? We played f- two games. Like I mean, Elmwood was the closest matchup. We had 35 nothing in round three last year to Coldwater. It wasn't yeah. close at all. Mm-hmm. No. That wasn't no. – that game was over after the first quarter. I mean, right. really, realistically. Right. I mean, it – And And I just – 10-0, 7-0. Tigers. Right. NWL champs, second year in a row. Back to back. that be the first time in school history or no? Is that the first time we've been back to back or was it 97-98? No, we uh, were not. No, I think our uh, Archbold won it in 98, didn't they? Yeah. I in 97, remember. Patrick Henry beat <clears throat> us. Patrick Henry beat us in 97. Patrick Henry. Uh, it, <clears throat> we won it in 98. Patrick Henry won it in 97 because they beat us. Yeah. Untimed. I, I'm, I don't have an answer to that, but I would say possibly first time back-to-back. All right. Cade? Shelby, I like that really point about Parsons just rolling out too. But my question is, if you roll him out, how long do you actually have before Liberty Center gets to you? Because mm-hmm. watching some film on him, it looks like there's gaps there, but Liberty's speed, it just closes so fast. So I'm just – and I also think if you roll him out, he you eliminate some of his options of what to do. And if you roll him out, if we are running a spy or whatever. Or containment. Uh, Trenton, containment. Cru- Trenton Cruz and Waylon Rents are names that come to mind when it comes to tracking quarterbacks down outside of the pocket. Yeah, Liberty so. blitzes a lot too, so yeah. we're going to see him. Uh, yeah. so Wouldn't surprise me a little bit if you saw Trenton or Colton with a hand down for some of this game, yeah. probably playing a four-man front a little bit just to offset Trey a little bit. Uh, so. Give me a 42-14 – Actually, 56-14 Tigers. Um, Wasion gets a few big plays uh, that result in the scores, but uh, too little, too late. So I mean, I get it. So all right, so we get to everyone's favorite part of the show. You didn't get his score. Oh yeah, forget Mr. King Day. 62-14, Liberty. Okay. Dang. Sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. I mean, I I like the fact that we all gave Wasion points because I really do think. They are going to score. For sure. I, 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 it, it's. All right. Now we get to everyone's favorite part of the show. Phil, tune my music. <laughs> what? That was a lot. All right. So Shelby, 
Give me number five. Number five is the Antwerp Archers. Ooh, okay, okay. All number right. four is the Archibald Blue Streaks. Okay, okay. Ooh, number three four. is the Salina Bulldogs. Okay. All right. Now, give it to me. Number two. Number Sorry. Is the Finley Trojans. Number one is the Liberty Center Tigers. Alright. <laughs> I'm sorry. You screwed that up so bad. Marvel. I know I did. I'm sorry. She was going so fast, I, can't, I panicked. That's what you get for saying to cue my music. I told you, it has to happen naturally. Quit screwing it up. Alright, Phil, give me the recap. Uh, the Shelby's Militia 5 is out of the GMC. Number five, the Antwerp Archers. Out of the NWOL, number four, the Archibald Blue Streaks. Out of the WBL, number three, the Salina Bulldogs. Out of the NLL Buckeye Division, the Finley Trojans in at number two. And riding high at number one, as they have for the 10th consecutive week, is the Liberty Center Tigers out of the NWAL, uh, riding that, uh, I believe, 25-game regular season winning streak right I now. Think so so uh, it's uh, haven't lost a regular season game since taking a thumping in Archibald uh, 41-7 a couple years yeah. ago. and We're not going to talk you know, about that, Phil. Hey, you know what? That's a that was a it was a turning point loss for us. I think it was kind of it kind of helped to define our season and it helped I think uh, end up uh, winning on the road. So, you know, guys, uh, you know, we talked about it earlier. Uh, a lot of playoff implications, a lot of a lot of league championship implications on the line Friday night. Uh, Cade, you're going to be down at Columbus Grove uh, to check that one out, which should be a pretty good game there in Division Six. Um, obviously, I think one of those two teams uh, are probably the prohibited favorite in Division Six, Region 22. Uh, if you were to ask the newspapers or the you know the experts, uh, you know guys, a, a lot of good games uh, on our slate as well as uh, teams that we don't cover. You know, I you mentioned the Coldwater Marion local mm. game that should be really really good. Um, Macomb Liberty Benton, I think two of the opposite uh, two teams opposite styles. Macomb ground game like to be game? like to be physical. Uh, Liberty Benton, a little bit more of the uh, shotgun five wide type mm. style, but uh, you know when we uh, come down the stretch here, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna find out uh, exactly some of these teams have a couple of question marks still. We're gonna find out everything we need to know about them going into week ten or into week eleven. Um, what's the best game on the slate, guys? What do you think? I'd say Wapak against Salina, uh, coverage wise, but non coverage, easy. Wapak, Salina, and Anthony Wayne. Springfield or uh, Perrysburg, probably the Pauling Wayne Trace, man. Yeah, I, I feel like that's do not sleep on that really football game. game. That's going to be a really, really good game uh, to, to get into that region, our Division Six region. And let's not spot. forget Napoleon Southview. That's a good one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Napoleon Southview Deciding too. Deciding uh, that division, that a lot. There's a lot of games. Here's the real question: the does, does Napoleon want the inaugural division championship more than a home playoff game? Ooh, because a win a could possibly grant them both. Absolutely. Why not go for both? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> but what do you think they would rather have? I mean, what would you rather have? The inaugural championship or playoffs? Playoffs. Playoffs all the way. I would take playoffs. I had to ask. I had to ask. Uh, before we get to our <laughs> shout-outs here, uh, I'm going to go over the belt the belt hopefuls real quick. Number one is Colton Cruz from Liberty Center. In, number, in second, Brylin Parker of Van Wert. In third, Ryan Montgomery from Finley. Number four, Houston Miranda from Patrick Henry. His brother, Trenton Cruz, from Liberty Center. Ayersville, number six, Torin Knieven. Number seven, Carson Ultimus from Antwerp. Number eight, Brogan Castile from Defiance. Uh, number nine, Nash Meyer from Patrick Henry. And from North Central, number ten, Joey Burt. So, all right. 
Before we get into our shout-outs, Shelby, is there anything interesting going on at the Liberty Press that you care to tell us about? Oh, there's always interesting things going on at the Liberty Press. I'm glad you brought that up because I love our newspaper. And I'm just going to challenge everybody to start buying the newspaper. (laughs) I buy newspapers every week. (laughs) I don't think people really realize how important a newspaper is to a little town. And how much time goes into it. So Absolutely. Um, I love my job. Love what I do. Love my hometown. I think we all like looking at the uh, images, too. It's always fun. Is there like like an online newspaper type of thing? Or is it it just a newspaper? (laughs) (laughs) We actually used to do an online but it Too much print, I, I love print media, and print media is a dying art. It really is. And it's sad because Delta lost their newspaper, you know, and several Delta people will tell you how much it's missed. All right. So I, I, I just I hope we can all support the Liberty Press and keep it in business. And Absolutely. Love it. Go. So, All right. So, Phil, we got some shout-outs. Let's get it rolling. I uh, want to shout-out to AB Perfectionist Painting and Knock It Out Drywall. You can give Austin Brew and the guys a call at 419-906-1627. You can also shoot them an email at abperfectionistpainting at gmail.com uh, for free quotes. Uh, call his drywall guys. Have him put in the drywall for you. And then his uh, uh, painters will come and paint it up nice and uh, good for you. And uh, it's quality painting made easy. Uh, shout out to Kyle Kern with KK Collision. High, heavy duty towing. And whatever you do, do not make that man mad. Three chord. Sign it. Sew it. Screen it. Print it. Swat and welding with Norm Zyder supporting Northwest Ohio Athletics over the years. About 130 of them at least. Somewhere like that. The Tiger Den Dairy Bar. Everyone's favorite family. And every, well, unfortunately, they're closed this season like I've always been saying. But once they reopen, always ask for a Duke Burger. And a Duke. You might as well just make a Markle burger, you know. We'll get there. We'll the get Enzo there. Militia burger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Riley's favorite insurance, Mayor Bainhop or not, Meyer Bainhop Insurance. I'm just gonna servicing it, servicing people of Northwest Ohio <laughs> since nineteen thirty-three. I mean, I'd love to be called Mayor. <laughs> so, uh, Mayor Weaver. Cha- chambers <laughs> control with Kirk Chambers. Uh, solar panels and heavy techie stuff that would give Bill migraines even if, if he's six feet under. Headaches for days. And also, everyone's unsung favorite son of Liberty Center, Mr. Field Goal himself, Joshua Martin. He will tell you to go for run a field goal on first and goal. Kick it. <laughs> Kick the ball. So, with that being said, I'm your host, Isaiah Markle. I'm your co-host, The Snowman. And just remember that stats are cool. I'm Mr. Exclusive, Riley Weaver. I'm Captain, Captain Caveman. And I'm Isaiah's mom. Shall we again? <laughs> <laughs> this is End Zone Militia. We were king. Oh.